0: We do want to welcome our online viewers, which is probably a little bigger than normal uh, this week, and those that are maybe listening on our podcast, perhaps it's whatever day of the week that it is. Would you guys put your hands together and welcome our online viewers and and those that are listening on the podcast? We say it every week that if you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop on by. We'll make you feel right at home. I want to welcome the Lord this morning, and I, I want you, if you would, to really just give me a half hour, 25 minutes to 30 30 minutes of your undivided attention because my goal is that you would not just hear the word, that you would not just hear things coming out of my mouth, the scriptures that we're reading, but that you would truly have an encounter with God that you would leave encouraged, that you would leave equipped, that you would leave challenged and provoked and and all of the emotions, that you would, that you would really have an experience with the Lord this morning. So let's just bow our, our hearts. And Father, I thank you right now, Lord, as we talk about generosity, Lord, I thank you that that you would grab our attention and forever change us, Father. We thank you just a moment in your presence changes everything. And Father, I thank you as we're in the holiday season, which is a season of joy, but a lot of times there's often emotions that it brings up of lost family members and people that we miss, people that we wish were here with us, and and there's a lot of things that we walk through. So Father, I thank you that your comforter would be present in this moment, and that your comforter would be present in this season. Lord, this year has been a a year. There's been some, some things that have happened that have been challenges for many of us in this room. Uh, marital things and other things that are, that are just that come up that are challenges. And so father, we surrender all of that and we take a deep breath and thank you for your peace and thank you for your comfort. No matter what challenge we have, whether it be physical or in any other way. And we thank you, God, that you're our healer and that your power changes everything and sets everything straight in the name of Jesus. We just shout, amen. And I want to encourage everybody in this room, everybody that's listening, everybody that's watching online that God's power can change everything. If you've had a year that you've walked through some challenges and you've walked through some discouragement and you've walked through some things that can literally depress you if you think about them too often, I want to encourage you. You came to the right place this morning. You go, why? Is it because you're a gifted speaker? Absolutely not. It's because God is a gifted God who's wonderful, who has the power to change everything in a nanosecond. He can do in his presence what I can't do in 50 years of talking to you. Me and my strength, we're weak, but he is strong. You and your strength, you're weak, but he is strong. And I want to encourage you this morning as we look to his word and we talk about being generous, what does that have to do with things when I'm walking through stuff? I've said it, and I I want to just recap part one, that when you have a need and you're going through some junk, you're experiencing some things, you're experiencing fear, you're looking ahead and you're going, oh, my God this year that I've had, well, oh my Lord, the greatest thing that you can do is use your experience. He says in his word, God says he works all things together for the good of those that love him. Do you love Jesus this morning? Do you love God this morning? And if you don't, I want to encourage you. Maybe you need to turn your heart because it changes everything. And I want to encourage you this morning that when you have a need and you minister to somebody else is going, you know what? I went through that this year, too. You, you go, you search for the common things in conversations. It's amazing how you end up getting ministered to when you give of yourself. Yes. And I want to encourage you. The Bible's very clear that we will experience trials. We will experience hardships. We will experience things that are going to jack up our day or maybe our year. Maybe you feel like my decade. But how many of you know that God can turn it all around? And so I want to give you a message of hope this morning. You came to Hope Covenant Church to be filled with hope. That as we end this year, I I looked at the calendar. I was just saying to the staff in the back when we were doing run through. We have, after today, two Sundays left of this year. And that's it. Because by the way, just a little announcement on Christmas morning. We canceled church because I want you all to spend time with your family and have church at home. Church is a community. I want you to have community. We're a family church, and that's one of our core principles. And so I want you to sit around the Christmas tree and look at your family. And listen, I encourage you guys, somebody read the scripture, read the Christmas story. Have church in your own home that day. But I want to say this, that we're here again. I I quoted it before. I ran through it really fast, but I want to do it again, that we're here to know God. And that's the encounter that we just had. Find freedom. That's things that have been keeping us and holding us back from being free in God, so that we can ultimately discover our purpose and know who we are in, in Christ so we can really actually ultimately make a difference. That's, 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 our, that's our whole vision as a church, and that's what we're here to do, and that really affects our generosity in a strong way. My ultimate purpose is to make a difference. That's what we're going to talk about. As, as humans, our, our gravitational sinful nature is to pull us into thinking about me, me, me thinking about my situation, thinking about my outlook, thinking about my perspective, thinking about how I'm going to make the next dollar, thinking about what I'm going to do with my family, me, 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 me. But the Bible calls us to live for something other than just me. Legacy is what people remember once we're gone. And I know, again, I know several of you in this room that have lost people this year, and you're looking at the legacy of those that we've lost. But I want to encourage you, to look at this message with the perspective of, of you this morning, what is your legacy? What are you living for? What are you doing? And what do you need to adjust to do to reach others so that it's not just me, me, me? The ultimate purpose of our lives here on earth should be to make a difference. The purpose of my life should be to impact folks for the purpose of expanding God's kingdom. It just amazes me how many times we get caught in the mundane and the 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 repetition of life—the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday—and Liz and I were just reminding ourselves that we got to pull ourselves out. There's there's things that I don't want to take into next year that are. Are here this year that are challenges in my life, and, and where I told you we're going to focus the rest of this year, which is only two weeks after today, so today included, obviously being three weeks. That there's some things that I don't want to carry. There's some feelings. There's some there's some issues. There's some 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 sin nature that maybe where I'm struggling with that I need to ask the Lord reveal to me what don't I need to carry into the new year so that the new year could be a lid lifting year. We got a clean slate. I love the new year. Yeah. I do. I love setting goals and I love setting the vision for God. What do you want to do this year? What are you saying this year? And so the purpose of the, the next couple weeks weeks, we're going to do a communion service. Our last Sunday, we do this every year. Our last Sunday of the year, we're going to receive communion together and remember the Lord and his goodness and celebrate the good times. And, and we're going to bury the bad times and thank God that next year is going to be better but I want to encourage you with these things. G- giving and, and generosity, they are the heart of God, which is why I'm, I'm teaching this series and ending it today. God wants your heart, not your behavior. And when God has your heart, your behavior follows. Wow. It's important to know that. And giving is done when the heart is in the right place, and giving is withheld when the heart is sick. Wow. You go, is this a message about money? No, this is a message about being generous. That includes money. But there's three T's that we talk about here at this church. It's as it pertains to generosity. It's we tithe our time, our talent, and our treasure. So your time can be as simple as taking time with the barista at Starbucks or the person that is waiting on you at a restaurant or a coworker at your job or somebody that you come into contact with. It could be somebody through Facebook that you're talking to and you use this moment always looking at, God, what do you want to do with this moment right here? What does your fellowship look like? Is your fellowship all about stuff or is your fellowship about kingdom first? I want to encourage you to check that. You know, Liz and I have been trying to schedule dinners where we we prioritize kingdom first, kingdom first. We talk about the things of God. It's amazing the ministry that happens when you just talk about the things of God at a dinner or or a lunch or over coffee. You go, well, that's not very profound. Well, it really is because I, I think we're not doing this enough. And I think we need to check ourselves. Paul said this in Philippians 2. Verses 12 to 13 in the new living, dear friends, you always followed my instruction when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God. So we know that obedience is important with deep reverence and fear for God is working in you, not around you. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Wow. Wow. He's giving me the power to do what pleases him. Now you're not doing this because he said so, or because you're afraid of burning in hell. No, you're doing this because you want to, and you have the ability to do it. I've said this before that God doesn't have needs. He has desires and he desires that we would come into close proximity with him. But this is really the difference between grace and law. And I want to talk about this this morning. You've got the the New Testament and the Old Testament. You've got law, and then you've got grace. And the difference between the the New Testament and the Old Testament, you've got grace is an internal motivation, and law is an external motivation. Okay, you're tracking with me? So it's, it's like this, easier said, and I want to break it down. It's like I get to do this versus I got to do this. Law is you have to do this. Grace is I get to do this. So on Sunday morning, you don't have to tune in online. You don't have to come in here, but we get to do it. Amen? Like, oh, man, this is a joy. Giving is a joy. Generosity is a joy. We get to do this. As your pastor, I I, want to give you, I want to get you out of the the got to and, and get you into the I get to mentality. I want you to see how our giving very much is like that. That's why we call it give, the grace of giving, growing in the grace of giving, growing in the I get to, not I have to. Yes. I want to. I want to show you a, a fundraising campaign in the Bible. We're going to look at a story here. We try to base everything here in this church that we talk about off of scriptural principles. When I do my best and my hardest to break down some theology for you and. This fundraising campaign, Paul was trying to raise an offering for the church in Jerusalem, which was one of the, if not the poorest uh, of churches, of all the churches he was involved with, but they were also the original church, and, and this is the community that Jesus came from, this church in Jerusalem stewarded the word of God, and they did that well. And Paul was a massive church planter talking about Paul. This is, and this was the verse that we're going to read. He, st- he was a church planter who started churches in Greece and in Turkey. And a lot of the New Testament books in the Bible were letters to these churches that he planted. And one of the uh, one of the churches in Greece, it was from a city called Corinth. And that's where you get the book of Corinthians from so Paul had just gotten back from an area called Macedonia, which is just north of Greece. And he says this, so that's the context of this verse. Paul says this, and, and I want you to notice the language that he uses here. It's just amazing. Paul Paul was definitely a man of wisdom. He says this, and now brothers and sisters, I'm really going to dissect this, this, this group of verses here. And now brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace. Remember grace is, is I I want to, not I have to. I want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. So the church of Macedonia was experiencing inflations, they were experiencing a lot of trials and they didn't have a lot of money. Does that sound familiar anybody look at the economy right now. You're like, "Oh, okay, Macedonia, I got you." But In the midst of every trial, they're overflowing joy. So they had joy when they had nothing, and Paul is bragging on them because they realized you can have nothing, but you can still have joy. Mm -hmm. In this Christmas season, I want to encourage you, if you don't have a lot of money, you can still have joy and be majorly wealthy in God's kingdom. Are you you with me? And their extreme poverty... Welled up in rich generosity, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and listen to this, and even beyond their ability, they gave so much I didn't even need to to receive an offering. Basically, is what's being said here, and they did this entirely on their own. Yes. Wow! They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. I want you to know that I believe I'm going to pastor this kind of a church. That Paul's talking about right here. The the, the mentality is like, man, I don't even need to receive the offering. You all are just so ready to go. Like a horse at the gate. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You cannot outgive God. And even when you don't have you, I mean, Liz and I have walked through seasons of our life. It's like, we don't have two pennies to scrape together, but we sow it anyway. We give it anyway. In fact, when we started this church, we put all of our life savings into this church to start it. And I could tell you what the Lord has done has been amazing over these years. I, I remember searching for this building, and I, many of you know this story, many of you don't. And and just the supernatural ordination of steps where we have this building and, and and all of this stuff and we weren't planted by anyone we were we were sent we had pastoral pastoral overseers, but man how God has met us and 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 just all the all the things that God has done and I want to encourage you this isn't about me this is God's going to meet you, when you're generous God meets you. And that's what Paul is talking about. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, and he was the one that received the offering, just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness, And in the love we have kindled in you, so that you also excel in this grace of giving. In other words, I want you to enjoy giving more than you ever have before. I'm not commanding you, he says. And by the way, I want you to know, as your pastor, I'm not either. This is an opportunity and I'll port to, that's a Latin word. When the tide rises and the ship can come in and out and that happened twice a day, once in the morning, once at night, you have an apport to this morning that you can give, you can, you can sow, you could be generous and God watches and he blesses you. I'm not commanding you. I'm saying you get to, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. He was creating a little competition here between the church of Macedonia. That's what he was doing there. That's what Paul was saying. He's like, hey, look at them. Look at what they're giving. Not like unprompted. They're just, this is like, this is culture to them. And that's my prayer is that generosity, giving of ourselves, our time, talent, treasure becomes our culture here at this church. That God goes, wow, look at them. They stand with Israel They stand with my word, and I'm going to bless them because of it. By the way, that's scriptural, that when we stand with Israel, we're blessed. That's what scripture says. We are unashamedly in support of Israel as this church because the Bible says it, and so we're going to stand with Israel. Can we give God a shout of praise if you're with me this morning? For I know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you look at what Jesus did on the cross, he didn't have to. He got to. And Jesus wasn't up there going, ow, 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 ow. He's up there going, oh, this hurts so good. I love them so much. When you look at the generosity of what Jesus did, and you look at God, his only, his one and only son, and he says, yeah, that guy right there, I'm going to sacrifice him. He's coming with a purpose, and it's the purpose is you. The purpose is me. Are you catching that? It's amazing. It's amazing. It was the joy that was set before him is what Hebrews says. The joy that was set before him for the joy, for that joy, he endured the cross. This is because Jesus is generous. Jesus was on the cross again saying, ow, 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 he's going, oh my goodness. I can do this because I love them. This hurts so good. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, You were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. That's called grace giving. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, this is what makes the gift acceptable. You see that? if the willingness is there, in other words, I'm willing to do this, that's what makes it acceptable. According to what one has, not according to what one does not have. This is a good verse. So I want to give you three things. We're grace givers, number one, when we are grateful, not guilty. Don't give because you feel guilty Give because you're grateful for what God has done, what he will do in advance before he does it. That's called faith. That's in other words, I know that God is going to do this. I know that God is going to bless me. I know that God is going to take me out of this situation. And I'm sowing this as a seed before I see it. Faith, believing in things that we don't see. It's amazing. David was incredibly wealthy and he handled wealth very well. Check this out in first chronicles twenty-nine verses ten to fourteen. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God, our Father of Israel, the from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over, uh, over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things and your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I? He's saying, God, why did you bless me? This is David. And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hands. So David recognized, God, I'm blessed so that I could be a blessing. I think we ought to recognize that we're blessed so that we could be a blessing. I think we need to recognize that we have breath in our lungs so that we could be a blessing. That we're here to live for something more than us. If you're not grateful, I want to encourage you. You can't be generous until you're grateful. We just went through thanksgiving. You've got to increase your thanksgiving. you got to increase your grateful. And when you sow, you're doing that. You're demonstrating that. Being generous means adjusting my attitude that I'm not selfish. I become selfless when I'm a giver. We are grace givers when I love people the way that God does. The early church was all about taking care of each other. And, and guys, I, I want to say this as we're going after being a book of Acts church. I love this about the early church that they were looking after each other, making sure everybody was provided for. Making sure that that's so key that in this season, in this Christmas season, that we're caring for people that have needs and understanding that we're blessed so we could be a blessing. What you went through this year, that you could reach somebody and say, I know what you're going through. I understand this. I might not understand specifically your perspective, but here's what I've been through. It's important that we do that. And in Acts 2, verses 40, 42 to 47, as they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow. So generosity contributed to salvation. Think about that your generosity, those that are watching online, your generosity, your giving contributes to those being saved. When you follow those three T's, it leads people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You go, I'm, I'm, I'm searching for, for where is this profound? Whereas profound is when it's activated. It's when it's activated. I want to encourage you to get active with these things. So so the early church saw a move of God. The early church was united, and they took care of each other. The early church saw salvations, and as a direct result that they were giving. Watch what happens two chapters later, Acts 4, verses 32 to 35. And the believers were one in heart and mind. No one had claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. There was a unity and a sharing that came. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. None. No needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales of their homes. Think about that. Think about that. That's how, that's how generous and amazing they were. They didn't just put the sale, the equity from the sale of their home into the next one. No, they tithed on it. Wow. Y'all, y'all see where they went with this. That's why they were so blessed. And they, they brought the sales and they put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had a need. Guys, that's what we're here to do as a church. That's why we form this. That's why we're doing an outreach for, for foster care and, and adoption. And that's why we try to take care of the orphans and the widows, those that, 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 are, that are single, that lost somebody. Well, we, we try to look out for all this at this church because that's the hands and feet of Jesus that we can be. When you meet the needs of others, your needs are met. When God blesses you, you shouldn't feel guilty, but you should feel responsible. Because being responsible means understanding that when I'm blessed, I need to be a blessing, right? To whom much is given, much is expected, much is required. And when we're grace givers, number three, I, I fall in love with Jesus. Jesus loves me and he laid down his life for me in Psalms 116 verse 12. How can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? You can't possibly repay God for all of his goodness to you. But what I can do is understand what stewarded me, that I have been blessed. Do you know that you woke up this morning? That's a blessing. You have breath in your lungs. I, we had, Liz and I, were, we went to the coffee shop. This is what we do. We, we're, if you don't know where we are, we're at a coffee shop. And uh, we're sitting, and, and this guy, we said, Hey, how's your day? He goes, Well, I'm on the right side of the dirt. And I went, You know what? That's actually a scriptural perspective. I like that. Because, yes, you are. Because if God wanted you to be on the other side of the dirt, you would be. But you're here. How many of you know you're here because God destined you to be here? So that means you're, you're in the right time. You're in the right place. This, this is a good thing. Celebrate it. I don't want to make this complicated. John Bonnell said this. If one first gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. Can I read that again? Yes. If one first gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. Because it's God first. When you're in love with Jesus, giving goes from being transactional to being relational. That's now, I want to break that down real quick and I'm closing. When you're in love with Jesus, it goes from being transactional to relational. In other words, I desire to do this, I get to do this, I'm going to grow in the grace of giving. This is an opportunity that I have, not a mandate. It's beautiful. I'm so in love with God. I so have God's heart that his character becomes my character. I know what to do. I know what pleases him. That like Jesus who's on the cross, it's not ow, 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 ow. Oh, this is inconvenient. No, I get to. There's so many people that are walking around that are hurting. There's so many people that are desperate for God and don't even know it. And we have an opportunity as a church to make a difference, make a difference in our community. Yesterday, Liz and I came to the church to get some decorations and things in place for Christmas. And when I came here, the parking lot was full of cars. And uh, I had somebody come up and say, uh, to Liz, they actually said it to Liz. They said, I'm so, I'm so sorry, we're parked here. Is it okay that we're parked here? Liz goes, yeah, park here. Stay as long as you want. And looked at her and said, that's the hands and feet of Jesus. That's the heart of God right there. This isn't our parking lot. This is the Lord's parking lot. Y'all park here as much as you want. Can I tell you what grieved me is that this parking lot was jam-packed, jam-packed. And I thought to myself, these people need to be here on Sunday. They were walking down to a festival up the road. There were thousands and thousands of people right up the road. Guys, we have an opportunity. We all have a sphere of people we need to generously give. I'm telling you, this isn't just about money. This is about us impacting a nation that desperately needs Jesus. What do you do for a living? Do you, are you come in contact with people? Do you take time to share with them about the goodness and the greatness of God? I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty. I'm trying to say we get to, we don't have to. We get to do this. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. And those of you that are watching online, thank you for joining us. It's an honor to have all of you with us. And Father, I pray an anointing on every person that's here. First of all, I pray over every person that's gone through a struggle this year, that's gone through a challenge this year, that's brokenhearted and trying to mend and trying to get their their sick heart whole and father i thank you lord that you're our comforter and i thank you god for your peace and that we're going to see the other side we're going we're going to see joy lord we reach out to you right now and we thank you for your joy that's our strength and father i ask you right now that you would convict every heart in here every person in here no matter where we're at in our spiritual walk we can all minister to somebody and share the goodness of god Here's what I want to do this morning. If you're saying, "Man, I'm in a place that I don't think is a good place with God," I need to get right with God. I need to, I need to, I need to encounter God again. And it's been hard. I haven't heard His voice in years. Maybe you've never heard His voice. Would you just slip your hand up and say, "Man, I, that's me. I'm, I'm in a place that I, I, I need to be in a better place." Thank you. I need to be in a better place with God. I, 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 I'm, t- I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of where I'm at. I, I know I need to surrender. There's more hands that need to be up this morning. I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot. I'm trying to get you to a place of freedom. Thank you. Thank you. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say it out loud. The whole church say, Jesus, I thank you for your blood. I thank you for what you did on the cross. That you died for me so that I can live with you. Now right now, I commit my heart to you. I surrender to you. I surrender to your Lordship. I thank you for revealing to me what your Lordship looks like and that I would grow in the grace of this relationship with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Would you guys give God a shout of praise? There's a lot of people that prayed that. Some in this room. Some of you, I believe, online. I want to encourage you. We were just talking about this with somebody that we love. That's on our worship team this week. That his lordship is something that comes as we pull close to Jesus. He gives us revelation. And I want to encourage you. To pull close to Jesus and let him reveal some things about his character that will forever change you. I promise you, it might not make life perfect, but man, it becomes effortless through him and his strength. Isn't that good? Hey, I want to encourage you. Thank you for coming. I want to encourage you to come out. We got two Sundays left this year. Those of you that are watching online, if you're feeling better next week, come join us. We love you. Guys, have a great week. Have the best week ever. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.